Hey there, I'm Edwina Kennedy, registered pediatric dietitian and mom of two, and this is the My Little Eater podcast. Each week, I'll be dishing out all the best info on feeding and nutrition for your baby and toddler, answering all of your what do I do when scenarios, and helping you gain complete confidence in not only feeding your child, but in parenting as well. Every episode is filled with actionable and proven feeding strategies delivered by a mama and a feeding expert who's been there and done that. I hold your hand and take you step by step through all stages of feeding while showing you how to implement what I teach you so that you can raise a happy and healthy little eater of your own. Let's do this. Hello, hello. We are back with episode number two. And today I'm going to actually start off by asking you a question. Are you maybe ready to start baby led weaning but are just a tad bit scared maybe? Because <laughs> if so, I totally get it. I know that it can be terrifying, especially when you understand and you totally agree with the benefits of allowing your baby to self-feed on finger foods, but the thought of your baby accidentally choking is absolutely terrifying, of course, almost debilitating even. And maybe you've even tried and experienced a gag already or what looked like a choking situation and panicked. Or maybe it's hard to even muster up the courage to start yet because you need to calm your fears first. Maybe you're stuck offering your baby ultra easy, easy textures because moving them up the texture timeline makes you feel too anxious. Now I know one thing, if there's one thing I can tell you for sure, it's that you're not alone with these feelings. It's probably the most common concern I hear from parents who are just starting solids, even those who have already started with their baby, but they just can't seem to get past the fear of it all. But guess what? You can get over this worry when you follow my lead with these four simple tips that will help alleviate your worry and simmer down the anxiety and actually leave you feeling prepared and maybe even, dare I say, excited to start the baby led weaning journey. Now, before I get into all these tips, I want to let you know that everything that I'm talking about today is available in a free downloadable resource that's on my website, which you can refer to anytime if you like, which may be helpful, especially when we're talking about the symptoms of gagging versus choking. So you can find the link to download that resource in the show notes, or you can just head right over to mylittleeater.com and find the download right on my homepage. Let's begin with tip number one, understand the purpose of gagging and how it differs from choking. So the biggest factor holding most of us back is the fact that when we see a baby gagging, we immediately either think that they're choking or we view it as something that's bad that's happening. And the thing is, although it might initially look like gagging and choking are one and the same, once you become a little educated about them each, you're actually going to see that they're very different from one another and one of them, gagging, is actually a very good thing. So let's just start with the definitions of each. So gagging is a protective mechanism that we're all born with that helps babies move food from the back of the throat where it actually could cause choking to the front of the mouth where they can better maneuver the food. It's a totally normal and natural response and gagging, my friends, is actually a good thing that keeps your baby safe. So you should expect a lot of gagging when first starting solids as your baby is just testing out and practicing using his or her mouth in new ways. In fact, it's necessary for our babies to have practice gagging a bit as it acts like a feedback mechanism to teach them how to eat safely. 
So gagging can happen when either a food piece is too big or maybe a food piece goes too far back in the mouth or maybe even if it's just a new food texture that they are unfamiliar with and it's an automatic response from your baby. Um, It could also be that a food type or texture is familiar but it's just difficult for them to maneuver. And another thing is gagging can happen whether eating a puree food or a finger food. I'm going to bust a myth right here and now that it only happens with finger foods because that's definitely not true. It can happen just as easily with purees, especially again when your baby's first learning how to eat. Now, gagging is not an indication that your baby can't breathe or that they are in imminent danger. It's also not an indication that your baby is not in control. It's actually quite the opposite. And it's not painful for your baby. Although, yes, it might be uncomfortable if it's happening way too frequently within a meal and it's being uh, more of a disturbance than anything. And then finally, gagging is not a sole indication that your baby doesn't like a food. I cannot tell you how many times uh, parents think that, oh, immediately once they see a gag, their baby doesn't like it, they can't serve that food anymore, what are they going to do? If you actually let it play out, more often than not, they usually just go back for more. So it's not a sole indication that they don't like that food, just to repeat. Now, your baby is super skilled and mother nature has armed your baby with all that they need to learn how to eat, right? So when your baby gags, their bodies are in control of the situation. That's actually them reacting and recognizing there's something there that needs to be gagged out. And this is what actually greatly reduces the chances of choking in the first place. So when you see your baby gag, I want you to think to yourself, Wow, my baby naturally knows what to do. And dang, they're pretty skilled at it. Look at them go. (laughs) I know it sounds crazy, but don't worry, you will get there. Choking, on the other hand, is an incident that happens when food moves past the gag reflex and into the airway, and then it causes a partial or full obstruction of air, and it allows little to no oxygen to get through to the lungs, aka your baby can't breathe, right? So of course, choking is a very serious situation, and it does require immediate intervention, unlike gagging. Now, the tricky part for you is probably figuring out how do I know when my baby is gagging versus choking so that I can know when to intervene. So let me just go through a detailed list of signs that you can look for to identify which one is which and to clear the air. So let's start with gagging. Here are the symptoms of gagging. First and foremost, they're probably going to have watery eyes, right? Because they're straining a bit. Um, Even some tears can be normal. Um, They might have a red face and that's because they're straining again. So they're pushing, they're trying to get that food out back to the front of the mouth, maybe to spit it out, whatever it is. So just that kind of straining motion is going to cause a little bit of a red face. And they're also going to have their mouth open with their tongue thrust forward because again, they're trying to propel that food forward. Even they may move forward with their body, right? Their torso is leaning in, leaning forward to try and help get gravity to kind of help uh, release that food out of their mouth or out of the place where it was. You're also going to hear, and this is a big one, you're going to hear some type of sound being made. So coughing, crying, belching, Any sound that you can hear, use this as reassurance because that means that your baby's airway is not blocked because if it was, you wouldn't be able to 
to hear anything. There'd be no ability to make a sound there. So if your baby's coughing through it, crying, tears are coming down, that's actually a good thing. Again, remember your baby's okay. They're in control. They're doing what they need to do. Their body's just responding appropriately. And sometimes with gagging, um, I will say this might scare parents a little bit too. They can vomit. It is possible if they're straining too much or maybe your baby just finds it an easier way to get a food out. Now it shouldn't be happening every meal it shouldn't be that frequent um, but it can happen from time to time so just be aware that that is a symptom of gagging and just think of this if they are red and they are making noise they're safe so just kind of keep that motto in your head are they red are they making noise can I hear something yes they are safe so let's go into the symptoms of choking now. So first and foremost, they're going to have a blank stare or maybe more of a panicked or pained look on your baby's face. They're going to probably be really still because again, there's no air coming in. It's much more of a like standstill. I don't know what to do. Again, not in control, blank stare or panicked look. You're also going to likely see blue skin or blue lips and that's because of the lack of oxygen that's coming to the lungs so again versus the red skin um, when you see a gag happening you're also again not going to hear anything it's pretty much complete silence or sometimes you might hear a really high-pitched wheezing sound if only a very small amount of air is getting through so your baby's not going to be able to cry though they're not going to be able to make any deliberate noise they will not be coughing through it that is not a choke that's more of a gag so think of this are they blue and are they silent if so they are in danger this is a serious situation happening but if they are red and they're making noise they're safe so just kind of keep reminding yourself of that so again look at the symptoms for gagging it may seem scary initially but all your baby is doing is straining to get the food out it's exactly the same thing as when your baby coughs because that's also a protective mechanism to keep them from choking and it can ca cause all of the same symptoms. And most of us don't freak out from a cough or just stop feeding because of it. So it's a matter of reframing the gag in our mind from this point of view. All right, so now that you know the difference between each one and the necessity of letting your baby gag as they learn to eat solids, let's move on to the next tip. So tip number two is watch videos of babies eating and gagging. Okay, again, I know this might sound crazy, but I want you to watch some videos of babies gagging. Now, my husband always thinks I am actually crazy when I talk about collecting footage of babies gagging for my clients, but seriously, it does help. A, to overcome the fear of how to distinguish between a gag and a choke, and B, it normalizes it a bit normalizes the look of a gag and the more you see it the less scary it looks right so where can you find these videos well of course you could find some online you could youtube it or google it um, my online baby led feeding course also has tons of videos of babies gagging on various types of foods where you can actually see a baby gagging with a cough or one with a baby belching or one with the baby making playful noises yes that can happen it's sometimes they're just not phased by it again so they can continue on playing making some some pretty cute noises <laughs> as it's happening and even there's one of a baby vomiting a little bit and again, I show you the worst of the worst so that it doesn't seem as scary anymore, right? So when you watch these videos, I want you to mentally check off 
all the symptoms that you see in your head as they happen. So just get really familiar with recognizing the signs and watch it again and again until it seems almost normal to you. Not to seem weird, but it is normal, right? So again, reframing that in your mind. I also want you to watch videos of babies eating different types of food. So everything from a soft food like a banana and purees to maybe more quote-unquote scary textures like chicken and beef and just watch how your baby manipulates the food in their mouths and how they learn over time to take controlled bites and to not overstuff and to spit food back out. Watch and see how most babies will actually go right back to eating after a gag and how they won't swallow when there is something there that they can't chew. So the more you see this, the more you can kind of familiarize yourself with the movements of the mouth and what's happening when a food is, you know, at the front versus at the middle versus at the back versus on the side. Again, you can be more calm in realizing that, oh yeah, this has happened before and this is what they do and this is how they learn and this is how they chew. So did you actually know that babies will spit out food that is inedible? Like for example, the peel of a kiwi or an unchewed piece of meat. Like when I give babies bananas, I actually give it to them with the skin on, believe it or not, and even watermelons with the rind still on on one side. And of course that's all for easier grip for them, but it's actually amazing to see how they manipulate the food and figure out very well what's edible and what's not. They're really, really skilled at this and it's hard to imagine how you can trust your baby to do this all on their own until you see it in action. Now, tip number three is to desensitize your baby's gag reflex by allowing them to put things in their mouth. So here is one more comforting thought about gagging. So in the early stages of starting solids, your baby's gag reflex is initially located at the front one third of their tongue. Now, as your baby gets more and more practice with various foods, that reflex moves further and further back on the tongue until it sits right at the top of the throat where most adults gag reflex is. And if you think about the fact that your baby is gagging when anything, anything small, anything insignificant, even just touches the front of her tongue, it actually becomes a lot less scary knowing that the food isn't really that far back. Now that being said, especially if your baby has a very sensitive gag reflex and maybe you notice they're gagging almost too often during a meal, you can help desensitize it a bit by allowing them to mouth objects like their hands and long teething toys. So this is going to allow your baby to become really familiar with the general sensations of softness and firmness and size and shape and surface texture and even the weight of an object, which primes them for the sensations that they're going to encounter when they eat different types of food. And I advise you to also try and avoid taking your baby's hands out of their mouth, even though I know it might seem gross sometimes, but they're actually doing exactly what mother nature intended them to do to prepare them for eating solids. Now, as they get more and more practice with mouthing objects, like maybe a baby safe spoon or a long teether, their very sensitive gag reflex will diminish and it'll only then be triggered when food becomes located on that back one third of the tongue. AKA, they can handle more textures and the idea of food being back there easier without constant gagging. So again, if you notice your baby is struggling a lot with solids, maybe they're gagging through like half of their meal, you can't move on in textures. This is something that I really recommend doing. 
encourage your baby to place objects like these like those long teethers onto the back corners of their mouth rather than using only their front gums for biting down get them exploring those more sensitive areas where food is going to go so above where their molars are eventually going to come in and teethers like the baby banana brush or the komatomo silicone baby teether those are really great for encouraging placement on the gums in the molar area Generally speaking, the more that you practice with food, the less gagging will occur over time. Now, with baby led weaning, babies do usually gag more in the very beginning, but after a few weeks, the gag reflex starts to get tamed and no longer becomes a problem. Now, with puree feeding, sometimes gagging is less in the beginning, but then again, as soon as your baby begins with finger foods, even if it's at 9 or 10 or 11 months of age, you'll notice gagging will start to happen as they're not too used to those textures. So really, it's unavoidable either way. So just letting your baby practice early on is one of the best ways to get over gagging. Now, we are moving on to tip number four. Understand the risk of choking and take an infant CPR course. So oftentimes, we tend to be afraid that lots of gagging equals a high risk of choking, right? So a comforting thought is that the research actually shows that the risk of choking when you're doing baby led weaning, when compared to puree feeding, is exactly the same. So let that sit for a second. The research shows that the risk of choking when doing baby led weaning compared to puree feeding is exactly the same. In fact, both methods require that food be presented safely and that choking hazards are exactly the same in each situation. So basically you need to know how to do this safely, of course, you need to educate yourself. But when you're presenting food in a safe manner and understanding that choking hazards are the same no matter what method you're using, of course the choking risk is going to be the same as well, right? So for either one, if you're waiting for your baby to show all the signs of readiness, usually that's around six months of age, and you're presenting food in a safe manner, you're doing all that you can to ensure that your baby is as safe as possible. So no one method is going to be safer than another. In fact, because your baby is in more control of how much food they take in and where it's placed in their mouth, some might argue that the risk of choking and baby led weaning is less than with spoon fed babies. But remembering though that your baby can choke on anything. So whether that be purees or finger food or toys, nothing will put you more at ease than knowing that should anything happen, you know exactly what to do. So half of the battle with this is just being ultra prepared and sure and confident of yourself. And for this reason, I highly, highly, highly recommend taking an infant CPR course. So the course is typically not that long or expensive and you don't have to take one that certifies you in infant CPR. You just need one that will walk you through the basics and that will arm you with the information that you need to act if your baby needs you. So they're often offered, I know for me, in my local community centers. Um, there are some people that actually come to homes and do home workshops. Um, and usually those workshops last no more than a couple of hours. There are even online courses to give you information that you need. So I know I personally prefer doing it in person and having like a doll or something to practice on. But again, you can find lots online and I'll include some links to some good information on infant CPR courses in the show notes. So learning how to minimize the risk of choking when you're feeding through preparing safe food, just a recap, and ensuring a safe environment 
coupled with knowing that you know what to do in an emergency makes gagging and the possible fear that choking may ensue a lot less scary and it removes the feeling of panic and helplessness. I know you can do this. All right. If you found this podcast episode helpful, will you please rate and review it? I would love you forever. Let me know your thoughts and how it has helped you. So your review can actually go a really long way to helping spread the word about the podcast to others who would benefit from it. So thank you so much in advance for doing that. Until next time, have a great day. Bye.